Hello and welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. This is episode 45 and it's called None Shall Pass. And that's a reference to yarn. No yarn shall pass my threshold. I'm on it with my uh, with my yarn band. I'm being really, really good with it. Um, my name is Faye and I record this podcast once a month. It comes out on the first Friday of every month. And I am based in Cheshire in England, although the accent is very much Scottish. <laughs> um, podcast's been going for a good long while now. And um, thank you to all of the new subscribers. If you don't already subscribe, hit the subscribe button on YouTube or hit the subscribe button when you listen to it through Podbean. So many more people are listening through audio, which is lovely. So um, welcome to all of you new audio listeners. I just waved at you like, I don't know why you cannot hear me waving, although I am now telling you I'm waving, but hello to you. Um, the audio numbers are just going up and up and up, which is lovely. So I'm I'm really chuffed that people are finding the podcast because I try really hard to make it quite evocative through my um, my terminology, my language about what it is that I'm crocheting and the colours I'm using. So um, hopefully that comes across. Um, I get nice feedback on that, that it does. So long may that continue. And for all the new folks that are coming in through... Um, YouTube as well. Nice, nice to have you on board, and thank you for coming and spending some time with me. Um, if you want the show notes, they always go up in the Podbean app. There's always a link to them from the drop-down box on the YouTube slides, and I put all of the links to any pattern I'm using, any yarn I'm talking about, anything that's come in through feeding the habit goes in there. Basically, anything that I think I can pinpoint you to, um, then that's what I do just to give you the most direct route to go and look up that person or go and buy that thing that you've seen that I've shown off on the podcast. So I try to take a lot of the um, work out of it for you, but the show notes is where you get all of that detail. So in this month's podcast, this is the kind of, the way it works is what you get is what's happened in the month before, but I would call this the August podcast. And I have got Old Dog New Tricks. Um... What else is there? There is Final Destination, an en route, some feeding habit, but not what you might think. Um, there's also an update on Perth Festival of Yarn project that I'm working on and also a big up. So I have been talking about this for a couple of podcasts, but I'm being really monogamous with my crafting. Um, and that's in part because if you're viewing, you can see it behind me, my blurred line sweater. I really, I'm working to a deadline with that and I want to do a really good job on it. So I'm not doing any other like personal crochet until that is done. I'm doing, um, I've got other commission stuff that I have to do and other design work that I want to work on. So that's going on in the background. But again, that's all one at a time. I'm not doing multiple projects. So like I've got one crochet design one at the moment and then blurred lines and that's it for crochet. Um, and I've got no knitting designs on and one pair of socks and that's that's everything that I have got on as a project um, that's live at the moment. Um, and what that means is that sometimes you do just get, especially when it's a really big project, you get a little bit bored with doing the same stitch or thinking about same, um, the same project all the time or sometimes even the weight of it through the summer. So I'm, this is, um, my Bloodline sweater is a Corridale and Mohair mix. It's really, really warm. So I've been working on that through the, the heat of the summer and um, yeah, I've definitely known I've been working on it and sometimes I've just been longing to work on something um, in a cooler fibre or... Um, on a smaller basis but I have that's not a luxury that I can have at the moment but for the old dog new tricks what I wanted to talk about is actually getting together your swatch when you're coming to the end of a big project I think it's really good to get the swatch ready for your next big project before you finish the other one so let me show you what I have been doing because I've said that as soon as blurred line is done I want to make the bark sweater 
and I know that I'm going to play about a lot with the gauge with the bark sweater because I um I want to use a different weight of yarn, I want to use a different blend of yarn than what is suggested in the project and frankly it usually takes me a couple of days to work with different hook sizes for a swatch because what I'm looking for is the blocked gauge not the unblocked gauge. So the sweater that I'm working towards is the bark sweater and it is by, um, it's by Sidzel Sangild and the way that she has it in her finished object it's quite an open texture it uses um front post double crochet uh, front post treble, treble crochet it's double crochet in the pattern because it's using us terminology but it's a very open feels like quite a chunky sweater and that's just that's not my style i'm quite broad on the shoulder and if i put something on that is that um kind of broad and chunky looking it's really not going to do a lot for my my um my shape and size so what i want to be able to do is create a smaller um looking texture within my um within my jumper so if i'd finished blurred lines it then would have taken me two days to get the swatch together for um the bark sweater whereas i want to finish that one while well, um, Blurred Lines is on the blocking mat, I want to be able to start bark. So I took a little bit of time out. It took me about an hour, I would say, to start pulling together my little swatch working in the round. And um, that's now dry. So I now know exactly what gauge it is I'm looking for, what hook size I want to try um, my sweater in. And I know how I can start developing the pattern to make it into a fabric and a texture that I want to wear. But frankly, had I waited until Blurred Lines was finished, that would have been another two days of me then waiting to um, get this swatch back to get the information I need to be able to start on my bark sweater. And one of the things that I've realised is that kind of... that time where I'm waiting for the swatch to come back out... Um, when I'm really, I've got all of the energy and all the enthusiasm to start a new project, what usually happens then is I'll start something else. And that's one of the ways that I get into like a multiple whip situation, which I'm really desperately trying not to have this year. So I took an hour out, that's it. And I've got the details I need because I've already done my swatch. Um, now, when I did this, I thought my blurred lines was maybe about a week away from being finished and... It's not, and I'll explain why in a little more detail shortly. Um, and the other thing that I, uh, Old Dog New Tricks, is that rather than just doing one swatch in one hook size, what I've started doing recently is I started off with a 6mm hook, and then I moved down to a 5mm hook because my gauge, um, if, I, if I think that I don't like the 6 and the 5 is too tight then a 5.5 is where I can go to. So what I've been doing is missing out a hook size and going down to the next. So um, I then don't have to do a 6, a 5.5, a 5. I can just work out um, whether I think the 5.5 would be better. As it is, I really like the texture that I'm getting down on with a, a 5mm hook. So that's what I'm going to go for with my bark sweater. And thank you. I know lots of people came back and said one of the concerns over the bark sweater is um, that it can stretch quite a lot over the bust area. And you all know I'm quite busty. Um, and so one of the things that I was trying to take into account when I did this swatch was keeping the chains, which is where the leaf and the bark pattern comes out, keeping them really quite tight so that they don't have the same amount of stretch as maybe they do on other people's versions of it. So... That's one of the ways I'm trying to counteract that. So that was great information that um, you guys passed me. Thank you. So swatch early is the crux of it. And then as soon as you've finished one big project, you are straight on it with your next project. So the yarn that I was using for that swatch, I spoke about this um, last time round, is the um, British Breeds yarn that I got from um, John Arvin Textiles. It is 80% uh, Romney and 20% Corridale, so it's lovely and soft. I know that it softens up again 
when it's blocked and it's almost got like um, a butteriness to it. It's lovely. It crochets really nicely. I, I also know that it knits nicely because I did the canisp jumper with it. And it's a sport weight, so it's 333 metres per 100 grams. Whereas the um, the yarn used in the bark sweater is actually a light fingering of four ply. So, I'm, you know, I'm changing it up quite a lot. But it seemed like a very easy pattern to just add more yarn repeats into. So, as with all of the others, I will have really decent project notes up for it when I start on my bark sweater. I'm excited to get to that. And in honour of the bark sweater and doing my little swatch, I thought I'd put my coffee in my bark mug, um, which is a mug that I made um, at Pottery. And I love it. I wasn't sure it was going to turn out right, but actually it really did. So next up is um, Perth Project Runway Update, which is also a bit of an en route because I'm being monogamous. Um, and I really thought I was so close to um, getting towards the end with my blurred line sweater. I'm using yarn from Bain and Sheep's Clothing mentioned a moment ago that it is a 50% uh, Corridale, 50% mohair mix. You're going to hear a lot more about Corridale coming through as a fibre. I think it's a really good swap out for Merino. I suspect it might be slightly cheaper for people to buy in as well. I think it performs just as well as Merino, but um, I actually feel it's got a little bit more character to it as well. So I really like um, using Corridale as an option. So if you see it, go and have a little um squish of it and see what you think but i i suspect you're going to see a lot more cordial coming onto the market globally it's not just within the uk so go and have a have a squish of it see what you think particularly sock yarn i think you'll see a lot more of it coming through in sock yarn so having thought i was going to whiz through blurred lines um I moved into my second skein on the main body of the, um, I was going to say corrugated, that's because I was saying corridale and that would be um, a mashup of, of uh, corridale and variegated. I moved into the second skein of my variegated um, yarn and it was quite dark when I did it, <laughs> lesson learned there, I was crocheting in bed and I didn't notice that there is ever so slightly a change between the two skeins. It's one of those things, it happens with hand-dyed, it's something to be aware of and look for. I couldn't see a difference in variation in the skeins, but as I've crocheted it up, I can definitely see a difference. So the top half is a bit brighter, it's got a bit more clarity, and in the bottom half, the peachy tones are a bit more peachy pink tones, it's a bit darker. And I can see a very definite cut off from one skein down to the next. And same because the yoke has mainly been done with the um, the brighter skein. And then where I've added the end of the second skein to start the sleeves, it's in that darker tone. And I, ju I just think it's really obvious. Um, If this was just... Hold on a second, parcel. exciting stuff arriving which I might show you in a wee bit. Um, come back to Blurred Lines. If this was just for me and I wasn't particularly showing off to anybody else I might just wing it and continue going but having just introduced the third skein in um, on the arm it's back to that brighter so I've got two skeins that are bright one skein that is darker and to be fair um, Deanne says, right the way through the pattern, change and alternate your skeins up for the variegated and she's spot on. I should have done it, I just didn't see the colour change and I wasn't, I wasn't in good enough daylight when I made the skein change over. So 100% my fault. So when I thought I was whizzing through blurred lines and I was like going to be finished by the end of July. That's not happened. And um, what I now have to do is 
rip back that first sleeve, use the brighter skein three for all of that sleeve and see how that works up against the main body and um, see whether there's a slimline chance that actually having the two, the sleeve in the one same colour right the way down um, just works and it looks okay because if it doesn't what I'm going to have to do is rip back all of that skein in the main body which is hours and hours and hours worth of work and then I'm going to have to use the remainder of my third skein to alternate with the darker skein and try and blend it in a little bit. So I'm gutted because you know when you see the end in sight and you're like yes and I'd already broken I've done all of the fading back to the main colour so I was about to do the blue and then the ribbing and I just I know in my heart of hearts that it's not right and the whole point of this project was to go and showcase crochet and I'm not going to do myself the podcast and all of you a disservice by taking something that I know isn't right so I need to suck it up and just rip it back I think but I'm going to try the sleeve thing because if it doesn't make any difference then I've at least tried something to make the difference first of all rather than just ripping back but at some point, you're going to see me on Instagram just with a massive frog party going on. That might be on Thursday when I'm on the ferry heading to Northern Ireland. I know it's coming, I do. <laughs> but I may as well try one thing first. So that is update on Blurred Lines, which I'm still loving. It's honestly, it's the best fitting crocheted um, jumper I've ever made. It fits really well. The space, which I've talked about before, because I'm wide-shouldered, and I'm like reasonably muscly, um, reasonably muscly. Quite often, the space given for the arms from the shoulder down isn't enough, and I really struggle with that. So then I get too hot, and then oh, I just feel manky when I wear that woolen things that I've made. Whereas this has got a really nice and nicely fitted amount of. Um, space around my sleeves it fits well across the back it fits well across the chest so yeah it's a great pattern it really is it's one of the best written patterns I've ever worked from um, and it's totally on me the issues that I've got are totally on me I should have been looking for them <laughs> but I'm really gutted right let's pretend blurred lines is my happy space Let's just pretend. It will be again. It won't take me long. and I've got a lot of travelling to do over the next week or so as I head over to Northern Ireland. So I will just put concerted effort. But this is one of the reasons that I started this project so early is because I knew I needed time. That if I made a mistake, I needed that time to be able to pull it back and make it good again. Hmm. Petted lip. One of the things I should add to that is that I've been keeping my um, project notes for Blurred Lines up to date on Ravelry. So if you wanted to see any changes that I've made, because I have changed hook size, I've got a slightly different gauge of fabric and I haven't done the um, increases after the waist shaping because it's just not what my body proportions are like. I basically come in a little bit after my bust and then I go straight down so there's no need to increase because I don't have that hourglass figure. I'm actually quite boxy. Um, so if you want to go and see my project notes, they are on there. Um, I think it's called Perth Festival of Yarn, Blurred Lines, something like that. Or if you just go to my Ravelry account, my name is Ma Dashper on Ravelry. You can find all of my projects there and I'll be doing exactly the same thing for Bark. Because as we know, I am incapable of just following a pattern. I have to put my own spin on it and get to the fabric that I want. So I'll do the same for Bark. Just thinking about how I could have maybe dealt with that differently in the future. Um, when I did my swatch for Blurred Lines, one of the things that I could have done was actually swatched with each of the three variegated skeins or each of the skeins across the board 
Um, and that way that would have shown me any colour differences that were going. And I don't think you need a lot. You probably only need like maybe four or five rows to be able to see if there are any colour changes between the skeins. And that would have given me then decent information to not have made this mistake. So definitely that's something I would do next time if I'm working on a large garment. I would swatch each of the skeins to make sure that there are no colour variations. I've definitely learned my lesson with this one because I reckon that's about 20 hours that I'm pulling back. Which means 40 hours um, put into it. So I do have one um, finished object under Final Destination and that is another variation of the conventional. By the time you are listening to this podcast, if you listen on the Friday morning, I will be in Northern Ireland, I'll be over in Whitehead and I will be setting up my stand for that festival. And um, Kinbane is the shawl that's going free in the programme. So if you're going to the festival, you will get that. Um, you'll get that for free, which is very exciting. And I've done it as a three skein colour version, which I showed off in episode 43. But I want to try it as a two skein um, version as well, because it's a really good um, project for using up scraps of yarn. So you could use as many colours as you wanted or go down to two. It's really up to you how you want to work that um, that pattern. And um, there was a collaboration that happened like if you know if my worlds collided it couldn't have been better than this um john and juliet arban gave some yarn over to becky and marcus at river Nets to dye up on their behalf and it was the exmoor sock yarn which happens to be the yarn that i'd chosen to use for conveying so when um becky and marcus were showing me the colors Becky asked whether I could um, crochet up a conveyor in the new variegated colourways, which I um, I did because I wanted to try a two skein version, a, a two colour version anyway, and um, so that's that's what came of it, and the two colours were piston broke and ship happens, because uh, they were all kind of puns on boating terminology because river nets. So whilst I can't show you the um, finished object, the final destination of that shawl, other than popping a photo up and putting a photo into the show notes, what I can show you are the two colours that I was using. So the main colour was a really rich copper with elements of brown in there. uh, And it is basically all of the copper tones in one variegated skein of yarn. So quite a rusty orangey brown colour it's beautiful and we decided to pair that up with a green which has got teals and mucky green running through it not dissimilar to when copper um goes towards that verdigris set of colour not just quite as turquoise as verdigris can be but when it's much darker so they're the two colours that we paired up and I think these were the two colours that sold out fastest um when they put them up on sale because they just they go so beautifully together. They're really lovely. Um, and this yarn crochets particularly nicely. It's quite a lowish twist. Every now and then it was splitting on me a little bit. But not a lot. Not enough that I would be concerned about it. So that was what the two two colour version went out in. Um, unfor- well, fortunately for both parties, unfortunately for you guys... All of that yarn sold out. Like, it went live less than two weeks ago. It's all gone. There is none left. <laughs> they took it to Fibre East this weekend. And I think it's it's all gone from... Um, Rivernets were selling it and so were um, John and Juliet. And it's sold. Gone. There may be future collaborations. I don't know. But if there are, definitely keep an eye out for it. Um, so that's the only final destination that I've got this month because bloodlines because monogamous so this is gonna keep on happening unless i've got smaller projects on the go um there will just be less time spent on on roots because i don't have loads and things on the go but 
What I can say is if you are thinking about being a little bit more monogamous with your projects, I'm definitely feeling the benefit of it. I feel like I'm cracking through projects really quickly. I don't have that guilt associated with knowing that I've got certain things that are languishing um, because I don't have lots of projects that are sat languishing. So I don't feel like I've paid a little bit of love and attention to a yarn and then put it down and just left it. My like general crochet well-being feels a lot better for just really focusing in and concentrating on um fewer projects at a time i can't i can't tell you how much better i feel about it it's really good so if you're thinking about trying it go for it It, it's made a real difference to me and my output as well so with the on roots i'm really i don't have a lot to um talk about because obviously the blurred line sweater is still ongoing but i also started with the swatch for um for the bark sweater and I purposefully chose this yarn because it's the bark sweater and the um the British breeds Corridale um sorry Romney Corridale mix from John Arvin is that kind of mushroom brown colour so it's a colour that I really love. We call it sludge when within my friendship we um are well known for my love of sludgy colours. And that's exactly what it is, but it's very apt for, I think, the design of the jumper and the name of it because it's kind of the colour of of um, bark and it's got a slight silveriness through it, so not dissimilar to silver birch bark. So, and I really love the, the texture of this yarn. It's beautiful. So, soon this will be on my hook. So we're on to feeding the habit and my solstice to solstice yarn ban continues and I'm really pleased I'm doing it because I was tidying up before we had guests coming over and I was also looking for a specific type of um, yarn that I wanted to quickly have a squidge of and I wasn't even in my stash palace I was in the the stuff that was waiting to go back into the stash palace having been frozen and there was so much of it even just there without going into the stash palace and I was just like mm, yeah this is this is enough and as I was doing it Matthew was having a bath right outside where I was and um, I said I'm just I'm a little bit grossed out by this and how much yarn I've got and he was trying to justify it lovingly he was saying but it's your job and it's your hobby and you really, really love it and it makes you so happy. And I was like, yep. But it's got to the point, most definitely, where actually I um, I just, I've got enough and I feel a bit, a bit icky about the fact that I've got so much yarn. So definitely the right decision to do my yarn ban. And I'm telling you, it's difficult because I'm still seeing yarns that I want all I'm doing is creating a little um, list of yarns that I think are really special and that um, come the 21st of December maybe I would buy myself a skein of for a specific project. Um, but I think my days of just wantonly buying as much yarn as I like are well and truly over and I'm looking forward to working through a load of the stuff that I've got in my stash because I've got beautiful things in there I don't need to keep on adding. It definitely helps that I've got a friend that is also going through the solstice to solstice um, yarn band with me. However, I don't know where she got this from. She's taken it from June to June. So she's doing a full year, whereas I'm doing the six months. I thought we were on the same page with the six months thing. And then she tells me she's doing a full year. So if I get to the 21st of December and I'm still feeling a bit grossed out by the amount of yarn that I've got and I haven't got through enough other yarn then I might move it forward for another six months. But it's going to make things like a yarn deal interesting. And I guess the thing for me is that one of the reasons I buy so much yarn is because I want to be able to support my industry. I want to spend money with my industry and I want to make my money count with the people that I think need supporting and deserve to be supported. So that's one of the things that I'm going to struggle with over the next few months. 
but um, equally I can support them in other ways. I can boost them on Instagram, I can talk about their patterns, I can talk about their yarns, um, there are other ways for me to support them without spending money and without bringing more yarn into the house. But every now and then, there's a little, ooh, I'd really like that. Oh, no. No, 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 I'm not allowed. And I will stick to it. Um, I am quite dogged about stuff. When I decide that I'm doing something, that's it. You will not change my mind. Um, I That's it. I'm just, I'll do it. And, and there's no mucking about. Mindset, let's go. Um, so that's, that's how I will be with this yarn bag. So um, whilst I haven't been buying anything, I was sent something very lovely through the post. Um, there's a really lovely lady on Instagram called Lorna and she has, um, she is never at a loose end on Instagram and she is an amazing crafter and I really mean that. She can turn her hand to anything. She's always doing lessons, she's always doing workshops. There's always something different happening on her grid. She's lovely and very engaging. And her daughter, Elia, is a um, an illustrator. And so the other day, this just turned up totally out of the blue. I did not know it was coming. Um, and Lorna sent me through this lovely print of Elia's. And it's all of the um, animals that we tend to get fibre from. So we've got a rabbit on top of a sheep, on top of a, a goat, on top of a alpaca, on top of bison and they all have this one scarf intertwined around all of them and on the scarf it says um all wool is yarn but not all yarn is wool which I love because I'm a bit of a stickler I like to try and get it right on the podcast and sometimes my mouth runs away with me but um wool wool is wool and wool can be called yarn but if your yarn isn't 100% wool then you can't call it wool. <laughs> wool is only something that is 100% wool. So sheep fibre, that's it. Everything else is yarn. And if you had um, a skein of yarn that was 99% wool and 1%, let's say, mohair or alpaca, that then becomes yarn. It is not wool any longer because it's been blended. But if it's 100% wool from sheep and sheep only, then it's wool. If it's got anything else in it, you can only call it yarn. So I love this because it makes that point very nicely. And it's all, um, the whole print is done with kind of pinks and purples and corals and it's beautiful. So I'm going to um, frame this up and have it in my office. In the next, I would say, month or a couple of months probably, I've got three more yarn shows to do and then I'm done for the season and I'm going to collapse in a heap. Um, come mid-September that's when my last show is and then there will just be a puddle of fee because frankly I'm shattered when I come back out the end of that I'm going to rejig some of the bits and pieces of my office so I've got a wall um, over to my right which has got a pegboard on it and I want to put up some more nice prints I've got other bits and pieces around the rest of the office but the wall that I'm talking about is the wall that I stand and look at um, it's where my computer screen is, it's where my desk is and so I just want to make it a little bit more appealing and have some nice bits and pieces up there. So well, this is one of the things that will be going up. And the other thing that will go up, I wasn't going to show you this but actually I will because it's beautiful and it's, it's well worth showing off. Hold on a second. put it away because I'm getting ready for a show and I didn't want it to get um like done I'm trying to get it so I've not got a reflection um this was one of my birthday presents and it was from Charlie from the Love Charlie podcast and she had taken um a look at one of my favorite parts in Scotland which is Glencoe and she's painted me a watercolor of Glencoe it's absolutely beautiful and she's framed it up for me and this is my birthday present so it was just really lovely I will pop it in I'll pop a photo of it in the show notes as well but 
it's very evocative of Scotland. And I even know exactly where that, um, I know exactly where the photo was taken from. I know where the vantage point is because I was stood there in May with Matthew and my dad. So um, that was another incoming. And whilst it's not um, kind of particularly wool or yarn related in subject, it comes from somebody who's in our community and who is lovely and I consider a very good friend. Um, and that speaks volumes because I love this community. I love how supportive it is in general. Not everything, but in general. And, um, you know, I have lots and lots of friends. You guys with the Crochet Clan, it's just, it's lovely. My community and my people vast majority of them come from crafting and it's lovely so to receive bits and pieces like this and the print from um, Lorna via her daughter Ailey is just lovely it's um yeah so I'm going to have a little rejig of my office and put some really nice bits and pieces up including those two things so I'm going to slot this bit in because there's just been a knock at the door and it's um, a delivery so let me go and open it up, because then I can show you what's just arrived. Okay. So I showed you um, the two-colour version of Kimbane, but I've just got the patterns back. What? It's always, um, <laughs> it's a real mixture of excitement and um, nerve-wracking when a pattern comes back, because you think you've done it all properly. For me, I take all the photos, I do all of the layout, I work with the printer and um, the only bit that I outsource for my patterns for the printed copies and this goes for the electronic bit is um, Deb who does my tech editing and she is amazing and the printing and that's it. Absolutely everything else within one of my patterns is 100% me. Um, so by the time I get them back from the printer, you're just kind of like, are there any mistakes? Did I get all the layout properly? Has it all, has it all worked? And taking a quick sneak peek at this one, I think we're good. <laughs> I think it's all okay, thankfully. Um, yeah. Whew. I'm chuffed, but it also means I'm on the ferry in two days, so great that I've got these back in time. It was all just a bit of a mad rush towards the end, so um, yeah, I'm really pleased they've turned up and they seem to be okay. And this is the first time ever I had a spare page on the back page, but it's the first time I've put a little, um, used the back pages for, and other designs available from Fade Ashford Hughes. <laughs> um, it's really quite... It's quite nice to see some of my other designs in there. Just, I don't really give myself enough credit, I don't think, for the amount of work that I put into my designs and, um, yeah, just the fact that I am a designer. It still feels weird. It really does, but that's what I am. And um, so it's nice to see a little montage of some of my designs on the back. Still, I feel a bit sick now for even mentioning it. <laughs> I'm ridiculous about this stuff. I just need to get over it. I wonder if the really big name designers still feel sick when they see their work or their names are mentioned or are they just so used to it? It's all fine. So whilst I've got this out, I have already uploaded um, Kimbain onto Ravelry. I was going to wait until Friday because the pattern goes live on Saturday um, for the festival, but actually that's just too much hassle while I'm trying to stand it set up for the show as well. So Kimbain is live on Ravelry. It is £4. Or you can go to my website. I'll pop a link into the show notes. And there I've got a pay what you can um, set up for my patterns. So on Ravelry it is one standard price. And on my website you can pay anywhere between 2 and £6 for one of my patterns. If you're buying it with a hard copy, you automatically get a digital download, but the hard copy is always priced at um, £4 because obviously I've got the printing costs. So um, up to you how you want to do it and, and if you want it at all. So um, if for whatever reason you struggle to be able to afford to buy patterns 
pop to my website because um, they're available up there for £2 each. I put a lot of effort into my patterns. You know, there's little bits and pieces that I'll always do in my patterns, such as, um, this is one of the things I've done this time round, I've added little colour-coordinated boxes so that you would know what colour you're meant to be working on. And for at the end of every row, you've got a little circle so you can tick off and show where you are in your pattern. You also get that sense of um, ticking off like another row. And one of the developments I've made this time, and I've started um, any extra copies that I now get reprinted, I'm changing the format on that too. But if you get the electronic or the print version of the pattern, and this particularly applies to electronic, is I've started taking the text off of the images on the supporting images and I've put them down below. And what that means is if you have a visual impairment and you use a reader, then it will start to pick up the text that is at the bottom of each of the photos. If it was on the photo, then the reader doesn't pick it up. So um, I had a lovely um, listener who's been giving me some good sage advice on how I can make my patterns more user-friendly for people with visual impairments. It's lovely that she's been able to help me because I want to make my patterns as accessible as possible. So um, it's lovely to make that start and to be able to go back and, and readdress um, some of the layout issues in some of my older patterns. So campaign is up and ready and going. And if you are going to Yarn Folk, then I think there will be two versions there. So both the three colour version, I think, is going to be on the John Arvin stand. And I think the two colour version will be on the Rivernet stand. And if you're going to the festival, there's a download code in your programme so you can get it for free straight off of Ravelry. I'm very proud of this. Um, I've also been doing all of the wood, wood lasering merchandise for Yarn Folk as well. So if you're going, you'll see some of my other bits and pieces that I've been working on as um, Knit It, Hook It, Craft It. So... There's been a lot of work going on this month trying to get everything ready and timelined in for the festival on Saturday, but I've done it. It's all done. I'm very proud of this one. I love this shawl. It's very wearable. Come on, get in. Let's go. Ha ha ha. Are you going to behave? Are you going to be a good pod kitten? Are you going to be a naughty pod kitten? Which one? Can we have the good pod kitten? Can you come and say hello? Come on. Hello baby boy. Come here. Hey. Hello beautiful. Come say hello. Hello. This fellow was missing for hours on Sunday. Hours and hours and hours, weren't you? It was our fault because the batteries on his cap flap had gone. And he couldn't get in. I'm gonna purr. But I was beside myself. In my gut, I knew he was okay, but Palm is my little shadow, so if he's not right beside me, or on my lap when I'm crafting, then I really feel it. Hey, hello, gorgeous boy. That is a big purr. Right, what have we got left on, Wubu? What have we got left? So, the um, next bit is all quick news beats. And just to let you know that the next global hookup is on August the 17th, which is the Saturday night. That starts at 8pm. Uh, I think we're still in BST at that point. And then on the Sunday at 9am um, in the morning. That's what AM means. And um, it would be lovely if you want to come and join us. It's been really nice to have we've got quite we've got a lovely mix of folk in the sessions um all ages 
everything it's just lovely and uh, yes it would be lovely to have you in if you want to come and join it's very relaxed just come and um, it's like an, an online international crafting group but we happen to all be online and you can see all of the people um, if you put on the gallery view so it's it's just lovely and you we've got different accents we've got people from all over the world and um, it's good fun so it'd be lovely if you wanted to join us that weekend are you going he's off sorry that was pom who's malting so i've now got like a a total cloud of pom fur everywhere there's literally i can see fibers floating it's up my nose it's everywhere unusual for pom Leroy to have been in he's um I was thinking last night that he's not been on the podcast for ages. There you go. There's your little pom fix for probably the next year. Although if you follow me on Instagram and you go to my stories, you get quite a lot of pom there because he is my fur baby. (laughs) There's no getting around that. Pom. He is my fur baby, but he's just dumped loads of hair in my coffee. So I love him a little less. Right, next bits on Big Up is, um, not Big Up, next bits on Quick News Beat, the healthy crochet interview that I did with Lindsay from Phoenix Occupational Health is up online, go and have a look at it, there's the audio version available and there is also a video version available and I've linked to both of them already in the show notes, so go forth and have a look. I've had lots of lovely feedback on that interview um, and it's been downloaded quite a lot, particularly on audio. So um, I know that people are getting the benefit and it's um, from the feedback that I've had, people are thinking about their crafting slightly um, differently and they've got some good hints and tips out of that interview. It's a very informal interview. It is literally Lindsay and I sat outside because um, it was a glorious day. We're sat outside in, in my garden having a bit of a chinwag and a chat about how people crochet and maybe some of the things that they can do to crochet in a healthier way. Now, when I say crochet, I think it applies to crafting across the board. So whether you're a knitter or um, a sewer, whatever you are, I think it applies to all of that as well. Um, And we've provided a load of links in the show notes for that episode too. So um, Lindsay has signposted us to some... Um, kind of healthcare resources that you might want to have a look at. So, yeah, go forth and enjoy the interview. And then the final one for um, Quick News Beats is I have got two tickets up for grabs for the Southern Rule Show, which is on at Newbury Racecourse in the south of England, hence Southern Rule Show. And it's on on Saturday the 31st of August and Sunday the 1st of September. I'll be there vending. It's my, it's my second to last show of the season. <laughs> um, and it's a lot of fun. I did it last year for the first time. So if you fancy being in with the chance of um, getting tickets, basically leave me a message either on the Podbean app or on the drop down box and start your message with the Southern Wool Show and that way I can quickly flick, flick through the comments and I can see what it is that you're, you're saying to me basically but just leave me a comment, say Southern Wool Show and then I know who I'm picking out and I'll randomly number generate who the winner is um, and yeah, so two tickets up for grabs and I'll just do it once so whoever wins gets both tickets and I've already got them I've got them electronically so I'll be able to just pass them straight to you so there's no faffing about picking up tickets or anything else I will just email them to you so if you win and I tell you you've won I just need your email address I think Tamara won them last year which is great because she just moved back to the UK and it was her first um fibre festival in the UK having moved back over from Houston so um yeah and she made good use of those tickets so hopefully um we'll have a a lovely winner this time round too i'm gonna move on to big up and i've got two for you and the um first one is about a really 
awesome cal that's coming up and I mean cal as in crochet along and knitting along and knit along and it's um something that is being run by two people the first is Lady Di who is a US based yarn dyer and the second is a lady called Jasmine from the Knitmore Girls podcast and um the cal is all about Rhinebeck and inclusivity and Rhinebeck. So Rhinebeck is a massive deal. I guess the nearest equivalent in terms of size and hype is Edinburgh Yarn Festival for us in the UK. But you will have heard people talking about the New York um, Sheep and Wool Festival show, which is Rhinebeck. It just happens to be held in Rhinebeck, as I understand it. It's huge. Thousands and thousands of people go. But lots of people can't make it, so they tend to make Rhinebeck sweaters. And what uh, Lady Di and Jasmine are up to is that they have created this cal, which is all about inclusivity. So the whole purpose is you pick a BIPOC designer and yarn that is from a BIPOC producer or yarn dyer, and that's what you make. They've even put in some... Um, colour suggestions for you which are let me just find them they have pulled together um, yeah purple green blue golden yellow and black they are the colours and you can use one of those or all of those I don't think you have to use their colours but I think they're looking for a particular colour palette for um, the Rhinebeck sweater and the cal is, I think most of it has been hosted on Instagram. They are still thrashing out the details. This is a very new um, crochet and knit along. But you're looking for, so normally there's a hashtag which is um, Rhinebeck Sweater. And the hashtag for this is Rhinebipoc Sweater. So it's hashtag R-H-I-N-E-B-I-P-O-C Sweater. And I am joining in because I 100% want to show solidarity um, for inclusivity and I want to be part of that um, within our fibre industry. So they have a bundle already set up on Ravelry, which you can go and find and you can filter down to the crochet things that are in that bundle. I think there's about 150 of them, something like that, maybe even more. Loads of garments in there. And again, lots of the um, patterns are free, so you don't have to go and buy patterns. I think the pattern that I'm looking at is free, but what I will do is find out if that designer has a Kofi account or I will buy them a pattern from their um, from their Ravelry queue. So I'm paying it forward back to them because I don't want to just use a free pattern personally. I want to be able to support them. Um, and then because I'm not buying yarn, what I will do is look to my stash for um, a, a, a BIPOC yarn dyer that I have already bought from, from within the UK. I don't tend to buy yarns from America, so I can't do that. And it's not within my um, kind of yarn ban interests anyway. Um, and there are lots of UK indie dyers that are BIPOC or BAME that you can actually support as well. So that is what I'm going to do. Um, so please go and have a look at it. I've put all the details into the show notes. But like I said, this is a really new project, so I don't think they've fleshed out all of the ideas yet. Um, Rhinebeck is on the 19th and 20th of October. So I think the timeline is obviously going to be to get it done before the Rhinebeck, so I guess before the morning of the 19th, is when the um, the make-along will finish. Uh, and it'll be lovely to see what you're all up to. They've asked you to use the hashtag. Great if you could also use Crochet Clan, because then I can see, well, we can all see and share any other projects that are being done for um, the Rhine BIPOC sweater along. Um, I think it's a fantastic idea and the way that they've approached it is that they want to um, they want to push inclusivity but they want to do it in a very positive manner and I think this really is and I want to be a part of it, I want to support it and I want to um, show my solidarity for it. So once I have finished Blurred Lines 
and my bark sweater, the next thing on for me is going to be something for um, Redbeck for this make-along. Who's in? Who else is going to join? Lovely to have loads of us doing the same because I know how the Crochet Clan feels about this issue and yeah, we've lost some people along the way. Good riddance. I, you know, if you can't support inclusivity and diversity and solidarity um, from within the podcast, then I'm happy to not have you on board. I made that perfectly clear in January and I stick to it now. So my other um, big up is for Claudia. Um, Claudia is doing something brilliant. So um, Claudia spends quite a lot of time crocheting. And so what she's done is set up a Twitch channel. I'd never, I'd seen Twitch, I'd seen the logo before, but I didn't really know what it what it was. And Twitch is basically a TV channel where you can go in and you can interact with people if you're online at the same time that they're online. And um, so Claudia is now doing this on a regular basis and she's crocheting away and you will see that there's a comments bar to the right hand side. And you can interact with Claudia and ask her questions and comment on what it is that she's saying as she's crocheting. And then she will respond to your comments um, live. But the great thing about Twitch is that um, once it's happened, that content doesn't then just disappear. It actually stays up there. So you can go back into her channel and just go and spend some time with Claudia. So let's say you're working on a massive project and you just want somebody to keep you company. Um, you might live really remotely, you might be a carer for someone, you might just have loads of crochet time on your hands but you don't want to sit alone, um, then you can sit and have crochet, um, a crochet buddy in Claudia. And she's been doing it for about the last three to four weeks now. Um, so she's got a number of um, Twitch videos that you can go and have a look at and I'm seeing some familiar names in there that are going and viewing her content which I'm really chuffed about and she was talking in her last one she was talking about maybe doing a later night one so that people from the UK could join in which I think is lovely and I would I would love that to be the case so when I went and had a look at it the other day I didn't have to sign up for account I could literally go to Twitch TV and then in the search bar, I looked for Claudia's um, channel, just typed in Crochet Luna, and up she popped. So I've added links into the show notes, so you can go and check out Claudia and go and spend some time with her too. Claudia is one of my favourite people in this industry. Um, she's positive, upbeat, bubbly, lovely, creative. She's just, she's good people. And um, I always enjoy spending time with her. She's quite often in the global hookups and she's just, she's good fun. She's lovely. So good on her for trying something completely different and trying to bring um, crochet content and like crochet inclusion to more people. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. Right. I think we're done. This may be an extremely small uh, podcast <laughs> so apologies if it is it's just it's the way life is at the moment I'm I think I've mentioned quite a few times I'm off to Ireland in two days so if you could see around me it is like a disgrace all the way around my office and I have literally cleared out a little channel <laughs> that I can walk through to be able to podcast and then I will put it all away and continue packing all the boxes and the crates and getting everything ready to um, head to Ireland so yeah it's a short and sweet one this time um, and we'll see where next month takes us it's probably going to be the same next month actually because it's another it's another full on month with um, with shows and then like I say come come mid-September I'm going to sit on my backside and I'm going to craft and craft and craft and do everything I want to do and just take a bit of time out because yeah, I can't, I can't keep on going at this pace. That's one of the things that I recognise with the interview with Lindsay is that um, maybe my my pace of life is not sustainable and not all that healthy and I maybe need to just chill out and have some time off every now and then. So mid-September, that will be me. Right, I am scooting.
I shall see you on Instagram if you're over there. And um, if you are looking for the Southern Wool Show tickets, I probably should have told you that I'm going to do that just over a seven day period. So it's a quick turnaround. Um, yeah, right. Rambling. Going. See you soon. Have a lovely August. See some of you in Whitehead. Bye-bye. ears come out to play. Yeah, it always looks weird. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Project Circle podcast. What's the Project Circle podcast? Crochet Circle Podcast. Crochet Circle Podcast. I wish I could turn the camera around, but we've got a wall that is just goes round here and it's got a flat top to it. And there are one, two, three, four, five Red Admiral butterflies, all with their wings out, lying flat against the wall sunbathing essentially and I won't, I won't even go out and disturb them and take a photo because it's beautiful to see them and they're just lapping up all the heat I will make them do it very nice to see them though right so some quick news beats for you or I want to quickly go for a wee I might quickly go for a wee and top up my coffee